It's time to unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. Kangan.edu.au. RTO3077. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. It's Midday Madness time you call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number is 1300 736 736. 1300 736 736. That's the open line. It's brought to us by Werribee Kia. And you can check out uh, the Werribee Kia range online or drop down and see the team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, Joey. The whole team's down there. So if you're in the market for new or used car, drop into Werribee Kia and tell them we sent you. 1300. 736-736, the open line number. And we'll get to your calls for the next two hours. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, now's your time. Jump on the line. We'll also read a heap of your texts out if you want to throw a few texts my way. 0433-981116. The all-new Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper, mattresses like no other. I'll read a heap of your texts out during the course of the afternoon. But as I always say, it's Talkback Radio. I'd rather have a chat to you. Midday Matters brought to you by Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Unlocked stock and full of value. Work where for wherever you work. Visit worklocker.com.au if there are any trades done. We'll keep you in touch with those. Josh Jenkins to join us after two. Tom Morris to join us a little bit later on. Keep us in touch with whatever has been Unearthed on Trade Radio. Mitch Kreese going to talk some basketball with us as well. South East Melbourne Phoenix playing Saturday night against the Jack Jumpers. Massive game for both. The Jack Jumpers now one of the favourites to win the whole damn thing. South East Melbourne Phoenix so close and yet so far. Their last couple of games. So we'll have a chat to Mitch Creek, their captain, a little bit later on. So plenty of time for your calls, though, in the meantime. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 is the number. Just been mentioning with Sammy Eben. Well, what is... So Andrew Dillon, new AFL CEO is now in the office this week. We've already heard from Andrew yesterday talking about, well, he was defending the Ben Mackay compensation pick. If you didn't hear yesterday, he was talking about the fact that that is the system and the formula is the formula and they're happy with it. So Andrew Dillon, the new AFL CEO, is in the office and he's getting a few of the agenda items ticked off, including defending the Ben Mackay compo and the way that the draft compensation is worked out. And Laura Keynes also in the office, the head of football. So it's their first week essentially post-Gill. Gill got the CBA deal done before he left. Uh, Gill had a couple of big wins in the week or two before he left with the CBA deal. Uh, I think he nailed it with Kiss. He got that one right. He kept the grand final as a day game. So there's another tick in his column. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're hearing that there are things like five on the bench for next year. The last touch out of bounds rule. A few of these things are being thrown up now at AFL headquarters. What are the main agenda items that Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane, the new head of football, need to get to this week if you want to jump on the line with that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What are the main agenda items? We've already heard a few of them. Kylie Rogers is also now in charge of the new Marvel Stadium redevelopment, so we've heard a bit of that in the last 24 to 48 hours. Marble Stadium is going to be revamped so there'll be better access and better views to the Dockland side of Marble Stadium, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, we understand that the new home for the Lions is on the agenda as well at the moment for Andrew Dillon. That's fairly high up on his agenda list. The Gabba is going to be out of use as they redevelop that for the Olympic Games. So the Gabba in two years' time is not going to be able to be used by the Lions. They've essentially got two years of the Gabba 
uh, to win a flag with their home ground advantage. And then they're either off to the showground or Springfield, which is their new home base. So a few other things are on the agenda for Andrew Dillon. If you've got an item, and for Laura Kane, that you want to throw up, then throw it up now, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or 433 We've got a few things to give away. Signet Boost Power Banks, valid at forty four ninety five. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. And to meet gift cards, thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf, and some Archie's footwear vouchers as well, Archie's thongs, so comfy you'll never take them off. Here is Andrew Dillon defending the North Melbourne compensation. There's been a lot of talk about that. Here's Andrew Dillon, new AFL CEO, defending that. Formula is based on Ben's age and also what his guaranteed payments are underneath that. It's a it's a clear formula, and whatever that um, whatever the formula decides is, is what the answer is, and so we'll be comfortable with that. Yeah, at the moment the compensation will, will stay, and it's part of the agreement that we've got with the players' association. There it is, uh, Brendan and Glenn Huntley. You want to talk about Andrew Dillon and the agenda items for Andrew Dillon and for Laura Kane, the new head of football. Now they're in the office sorting some stuff out post Gill. Welcome to you, Brendan. You're kicking us off. Hey, mate, how you going? Um, Good. Just wondering, visual, visually with the game this year, what have you seen wrong with it to want them to constantly change rules and add more rules? I, I've seen it as one of the best seasons of footy, most even. So why, why do we find the need to always have to change the rules every year? Like we don't is, have to, Brendan, and, that, and that's, that's the question. Is there anything that needs changing? Or do they stick with what they've got and change nothing? To me, there are a few things they need to fix. I think they need to fix umpiring. I think their main agenda item is umpiring and the head high. I think they need to fix that. I think umpiring is the number one. If I'm going to put something on their agenda, uh, there's a few that I would put on there. I think number one is just get the umpiring side of things right, Brendan. More consistency. Get the four-umpire system better. And make sure we all have an understanding of what is head high and what isn't. Yeah, I think so. Haven't they basically bought in this last touch rule anyway? Because basically, as yep. soon as it's, hit, it's kicked, and whichever way it bounces ends up going out, it's it's you know it's it's turned over basically because they haven't tried to keep it in anyway. So that that last touch rule has has been there, but not been there at the same time. If that makes sense. So, no, you're spot on, and I think it does make that make absolute since Todd Goldstein was interesting yesterday about the one-ruck versus two-ruck system. Brad Scott's just come from AFL House. He's a year out of AFL House. He was in the discussions as to whether it would be a hard and fast uh, last possession out-of-bounds rule like it is in the AFLW, like it is in the Sandful. And if Brad Scott's going to play two-rucks and he's recruiting Todd Goldstein to have a two-ruck system, then to me, uh, we're going to get throw-ins. We're not going to get the last possession out-of-bounds rule coming in in a hurry. I think throw-ins are going to continue and I don't think they will tinker with much but if you've got an agenda item, Brendan, you think they should leave the game alone and I'll get you on that 100%. Jake in St Albans, welcome to you, Jake. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. Uh, look, it's a minor thing but it's something that bugs me so I thought I'd throw it out there. Surely we're at a point where we're going to scrap the centre bounce. Like, I'm pretty, from my memory of the grand final anyway, it was very hyped, everyone was keen for it, then the first bounce of the game, it's being recalled. Like, surely we're at a point where we're, where we're scrapping that. Jake, I love it. I'm happy to scrap it. If you want to have a ceremonial bounce to start the game, then get your best bouncer. But we've talked about this a bit, and I don't want to go over old ground, but 
If you're a 17, 18-year-old umpire and you are a jet with your decision-making, you're one of the smartest men or women in Australia. You could be a computer whiz. You could be a, uh, an online hacking guru. You could be a programmer. But you want to be an umpire because you're a sharp thinker and you love footy. But you can't bounce the ball. Then you're virtually saying to yourself, well, I can never be an AFL umpire because I can't bounce. Ray Chamberlain didn't get a game in the grand final because he can't bounce. So why be an umpire? I'm a super sharp thinker. I'm one of the smartest people in Australia, but I can't actually be an umpire because bouncing is the number one thing you have to be able to do. The sooner we scrap it, the sooner more intelligent people are going to come into bouncing, uh, come into umpiring because they don't have to bounce. So, Jake, hold the line. You've got an Archie's footwear voucher coming your way. Archie's thongs, so comfy you'll never take them off. Uh, Centre bounce, scrap it. That's on the agenda. Uh, Tony and Q, you've got an agenda item. Welcome to you, Tony. Well, good old Jake stolen my thunder because I wanted to talk about the uh, the bounce, but what I will go one step further is that this has been on the agenda for a long, long time, and I think the last time the AFL officially commented on it was that they said it was a tradition of the game and that it would be retained for the foreseeable future. Now, I think they're a bit tone-deaf, the AFL. They don't read the room very well on this particular issue, can't understand why they keep on insisting to retain the bounce over and over again. The embarrassment on the grand final when it was bounced and it went off skew with was just pathetic and was just an embarrassment to the game. Just one other quick one, Dwayne, if I yeah. can, on the Marvel Stadium redevelopment. What's the timeline on that as far as when will work start? How long would Marvel be out of commission for? And what's going to be the significant change to improve it? No, Marvel won't be out of commission. Uh, I think they'll continue to play games at Marvel. It'll be a redevelopment on the dock side of it. And I think that that's one thing that uh, Laura Kane spoke about in uh, a press release, I think only a, a couple of days ago, talking about the fact that they want to open it up so you can actually see the, the docks and the water and make it a more attractive place and have bigger rooms to have... Other events there, um, you know, just uh, for, um, what, what would you say, uh, conferences, etc. there as well, not just for sporting events. It's the Gabba that will be out of commission for a couple of years. So the Gabba will be out of commission for two years as they redevelop that for um, the Olympic Games. So that's the venue they have to find a new venue for, Showgrounds or Springfield for the Brisbane Lions in two years' time. They've got two more seasons at the Gabba, but I like the fact that you're on the same page. I think most people believe or probably think that the AFL doesn't want to change tradition because the fans don't want tradition changed, but I think changing the bounce is one tradition they're more than happy to change. Um, Tony and East Malvin, you want to talk to subs? Because there's been talk about five on the bench and no sub might be a change that they'll make, Laura Kane and Andrew Dillon. G'day, how are you, Dwayne? Good. Um, yeah, just wanting to know, um, uh, Andrew Dillon can look at increasing the sub to three, having a, a mid, a forward and a backman, rather than increasing the bench. What are your thoughts? So have all three emergencies essentially available in-game? Correct. Interesting. I'm not sure. Look, if you keep the rotation cap the same, then I'm probably okay with it. Um, so can you bring all three on? At some stage in the game, is that what you're saying? You, you you can't just pick one of the three. If you want to bring all three on, you can bring all three on at some stage and sub three out. 
that's right. You can have a tactical change. Um, but having having said that, you know, normally if some if um, if a player comes off for the concussion rule, if it's a mid, you know, you can replace a mid. If it's a backman, you can replace the backman as well. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't mind the idea of. I'm just trying to think how it would work if you had three guys that you could bring on as subs any time, and you're eight goals up, and you're Collingwood, and you're eight goals up with three minutes to go, or five minutes to go, or seven minutes to go. Do you then bring Sidebottom, Howe, and Pendlebury all off? Do you bring your good guns off and actually get your extra subs on to save the legs and stop Pendles and Howe and Sidebottom? getting hurt that's probably something that could be done given that it is done quite a bit in the NBL uh good call though and that's what they're investigating right now five on the bench no subs how do they change the sub I'm not sure I'd probably like to go without any subs at all and just have five on the bench to be honest I think we're heading in that direction anyway uh Jack on the road you want to talk Paddy Dow welcome to you Jack yeah I want to talk about Carlton Paddy Dow and what they're doing at the moment but uh how can they even consider? I was told today that Paddy Dow is going to be um, traded for a fourth-round future draft pick. What a disgrace that is! Paddy Dow should be playing for Carlton in the centre straight away. I cannot believe what Carlton are doing. But can you give me an update on Carlton, please? Well, Jack, I would be keeping Paddy Dow rather than getting a fourth-round pick for him. I mean, you know, that's why wouldn't you just keep him for depth rather than give him away? Jack. Now, he might leave of his own accord if you keep him for too long and, and don't play him, but he's worth more than a fourth-round pick. Yeah, for sure. I can't believe he even being considered for a fourth-round pick. He, he's a damn good player, and, and I'd keep him. What about if um, the midfield get injured again like they did uh, last year? I mean, he's a perfect inclusion. I, I know Paddy wants to play full-time. Um, yeah. Look, I'd take him at Melbourne tomorrow. Yeah, well, Melbourne, if he goes, because he's out of contract, so if he does walk away, then he probably won't get to St Kilda. They might try and get him through the pre-season draft and hope he doesn't get somewhere else because he might put too big a price on his head. But he is out of contract, so that's where, you know, these teams signing up guys like Aaron Norton on long-term deals, essentially the Dogs now own Aaron Norton. And if he wanted to leave, they'd have to trade him. Now, there might be a situation where, and this is another agenda item for Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane, are we going to get to the stage where you can be traded against your will if you're an 800,000-plus-a-year player? And in that regard, then the Western Bulldogs could trade Aaron Norton. That's another agenda item for, for Laura Kane and Andrew Dillon. Where are we headed with being traded against your will? Because if that's the case, then signing guys on long-term deal is, is, is going to essentially have you owning them if they're on a large deal. Great to have you call. Trade update for tyre power. power. Number one on the tyres trade table. So Tom Morris is reporting Dylan, Steele and Dylan Stevens has moved to North Melbourne. So that deal is done from the Sydney Swans to North Melbourne. Dylan Stevens for essentially pick 44. So Sydney get North's future special assistance pick, which is tied to the end of the first round next year, but they also end up with pick 25 on the way back. So North Melbourne gets Dylan Stevens and pick 25. Sydney get pick 44, and the pick that North Melbourne were given, they had to use or lose. So uh, it's essentially pick 44 um, that they have been able to get Dylan Stevens for, which is a pretty 
good deal. Tom is going to be in the studio uh, to talk more about that shortly. Um, back to your calls, though. What's on the agenda for the bosses at the AFL? Andrew Dillon, new AFL CEO. Laura Kane, new head of football. And Kylie Rogers, who it was announced yesterday as part of the looking at the new Marvel Stadium revamp. They've admitted in the last 24 hours that a couple of their agenda items are the new home for the Lions, uh, given the Gabba will be out of use in a couple of years' time. And, well, five on the bench has been talked about for next year and uh, obviously the defending of Ben Mackay's compo, Andrew Dillon, did yesterday. Back to your calls, though. Wayne in Belmont, you got a thought? Welcome to you, Wayne. Hey, Dwayne. Hey. I just think that they should have a look at, like, with the tackling rule, you know, there's two parts of it. If you tackle someone and they deem it to be, like, dangerous, but they don't get injured, I don't think they should get suspended. And then the second one, if they do tackle someone and they get a week, but the person hasn't been concussed, they shouldn't be, they should still be eligible for the Brownlow. Like, you know, you've you got to find someone who's a fair player who's gone in and tackled someone and, okay, they deemed it not to be 100% the way they want it, and they, they could lose a Brownlow over something that's always been part of our game. Yeah, great call, Wayne. The eligibility for the Brownlow with a one-week suspension has been talked about a bit. There's a few that are of the belief that we've evolved to the point that you should be eligible now with a one-week suspension because you can get one week for something really minor. So I like that one, Wayne. Let's whack that on the agenda with scrapping the centre bounce and the umpiring and head high. I'm with you on that, Hunter, but that's number one on mine. The umpiring, fix the four-umpire system, make it better, and fix the head high um, dog's breakfast that it is at the moment. No one really knows, including the four umpires on grand final day. We're a bit confused still, and they're the best four we've got. Joel and Mernda, welcome to you, Joel. G'day, Pipe. How you going? Yeah, good. Two quick ones for you. Um, I don't know why we haven't already made these changes, but surely we can scrap the ruck nomination rule and also the warning for the 666 breach. Like, I just feel like they're both unnecessary now. Warning for 6-6-6 six, six and six is probably an easy scrap. Um, I'm with you on that, but maybe the AFL never wants to scrap it. But it is now time for teams to be penalised, I think, um, for uh, an indiscretion that is fairly obvious now when you get it done that you probably should actually have a free kick against you because the, the trial period is over. And yeah, the, the nomination for Ruck, it's one of those rules where if you take it away... What kind of ramification is that going to have? Uh, is that going to make the rucks even more obsolete than they are right now, given that anyone could actually jump third man up, fourth man up, and it's going to make the ruck situation uh, a free-for-all as opposed to a ruck v. ruck contest? And I think the AFL is pretty keen to keep the rucks as a vital part of the game as opposed to seeing their value die like the dodo. Glenn in Point Cook, you there, Glenn? You want to talk Carlton? Yeah, good day, Pipe. How are you, mate? Good. Uh, just a quick one. So I don't know why Carlton Carlton's not um, looking for big fish. Like, do you reckon, given where we are, we should be topping up? And do you think it could be something to do with our salary cap? Like, are we? I don't know. Why aren't we sort of chucking our head in the ring? Do you reckon for for really good players? Well, one, I think it's salary cap, and two, they probably think they've got enough of what they've got. So, who do you need? Do you need an extra key defender? Is that what you need, Glenn, in terms of big fish? I'd really like a half forward. Not like, you know, they're talking about um, the guy from Fremantle, uh, Luke, uh, no, what's his name? Um, I think of his name. He, he's a really good player that Collingwood are looking at. Oh, Lockie um, Schultz. Lockie Schultz, yeah. So, I, I don't know. Why, why can't we, if Collingwood can do it, I don't know why we shouldn't be looking at someone like that. But anyway, 
Jack Ginnivan? Yeah, well, he's the other one. Because we, we really need that really clever half forward. But, um, you know, because we're nearly, we're close, Dwayne, we're close. Yeah. We just need something else. Yeah, yeah Jack Ginnivan, Lockie Schultz, you're right, would be a good pickup. I don't think you've quite got the salary cap or uh, the, the trade ability to be able to get Lockie Schultz, who looks like he's going to be, you know, pick 18 or something like that for Lockie Schultz. But you might get Jack Ginnivan a little cheaper, perhaps. Uh, Stephen Melton, you there, Steve? Yeah, hey, Dwayne, just on the Ruck nomination rule, the reason why they've got to nominate is Champion Data records the stat of the free kick against. So if a player nominates and another bloke comes over the top and he's a third man up, that's the, that's the reason why you've got to, because they record the free kick against the guy who was the third man up. The AFL actually came out a couple of years ago and, and said that's why they have the Ruck nomination. But, but you could go back to what it was, Steve, and just let anybody jump at any time. So you can have three up, four up, five up, six up, Steve, if you want to have six up. That's what it was once upon a time. The problem with that, though, is you end up with blokes with, with you know, kidney damage because someone's I come know. in with a knee yep. from, you know, from a, a distance away. I, I like the, the two-up rule. It's a much safer rule. It's a much better rule. Let the ruckman be ruckman. But the, the third man up rule was just horrible. Okay, so you want it both ways. A third man up rule is horrible, but you do want to have a one on one battle in the ruck. Uh, Rod on our tone, are you there, Rod? Yeah, get out of line. Uh, just with the umpire improvement, mate, uh, we run a professional AFL competition. Why haven't we got the umpires being professional umpires? At least having a batch of them, Rod, you've got to give a pathway and say, okay, well, in 2025, we're going to have six guys and girls who are professional AFL umpires and Here's the pathway to get in there. I'm with you on that. They can umpire AFL or AFL season and then AFLW or AFLW season. There's enough work for them, I think, to be full-time. But a lot of the umpires are earning that much as accountants, etc. outside of the game right now. They do not want that. They wouldn't take up the opportunity. But surely there's some kids who would. They'll be able to go and umpire and coach at, at uh, junior clubs and, um, and country and regional senior clubs as well during the course of the week, so there's plenty of work for them. Hey, great to have you call, Rod. I'm with you on that 100%. A couple of texts coming through. Lots of texts coming through. Jack Billings to the Dogs, take it to the bank. Troy from Ballarat, there's a lot of those coming through. I won't read all those because uh, I'm not sure if they're correct or not. The six-on-six warning, free kick needs to go. Thanks for that. Dwayne, we need consistency in the head height tackles, free kicks and incorrect disposal interpretations. James and Morty Alec, I'm with you on that. Jack. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Agenda item for Andrew Dillon. Get rid of prior opportunity. Holding the ball is holding the ball. I don't think we want to get rid of prior opportunity, but there are a lot that do want to get rid of it like you. I certainly don't. Get rid of the stupid stand rule. Well, Brett, they're discussing... I think the discussion is whether you could move forward and back, or at least back off the mark without any penalty. You just can't move side to side. Interchange rotation doesn't work when you have a game with so many injuries especially now with concussions and concussion tests. Quite a few want the interchange and five on the bench or subsystem revamped as well. And please, please get the goal reviews fixed. There's an agenda item that needs to be top of the list. Get the goal reviews fixed. Why don't the AFL have cameras that are clear and show a definite result? So embarrassing to claim to be a world-class sport but can't get that right and you're spot on. I'll put that on the list of top 10 things that need to be addressed as well.
A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Got a full board of calls, so we'll get back to your calls very shortly. AK, Grant, Paul, Mark, Lou, we'll get to you very shortly as Midday Matters for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham continues work where for wherever you work. But there has been a trade done, so Tom Morris has been good enough to join us. He's about to jump on Trade Radio from 1 o'clock, so you've got the two options. You've got uh, myself or Trade Radio. Tom, you've reported the Dylan Stevens deal has been done. Uh, I'd love to you to explain it in depth if you can. Welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. Yeah, I'm just sorry, just getting something out of my teeth because I've been eating lunch. Um, it's all right. Dylan Stevens, done deal. So Sydney will receive North's future special special assistance uh, pick, which is at the end of the first round. So one of their two ones they got gifted for next year, plus pick 44 this year. So I'll repeat that again. Sydney get North's special uh, assistance pick for next year, which will be a pick in the late teens or early 20s in the end, and pick 44 this year. North get Dylan Stevens plus pick 25. So the important element of this is that uh, North can now use pick 25, potentially, to talk to Carlton about Zach Fisher. Um, and they and it just gives them another selection in the first and second round, which they have an abundance of as well. So um, North has essentially given up their future pick for another pick this year. They just, they're building, as I said yesterday, a war chest of draft picks, if there is such a thing. If there's ever a club that can push up to get pick one, this is it. So um, that could also that pick 25 for North could also help them lure uh, pick 11 from Gold Coast um, if they're still interested in that as well. So Dylan Stevens is a North or will be a North Melbourne player in the next few minutes. Um, pick five in 2019. His value was quite hard to ascertain, but in the end, the two clubs came together and got a deal done. And Sydney get that end of first round pick next year, which yep. is what roughly pick nineteen, even though yep. they gave up twenty five. So it's almost a, a swapperoo because North Melbourne had to use that pick, use it or lose it. Yeah, um, and they just, can just use a, that for Grundy. Well, they can use that for Grundy, but I don't think they would use that for Grundy. Um, I think that's too much. They would All agree, right. and Melbourne would surely agree as well. A, a pick in the in the teens is too much for Grundy, but it does fit their list management strategy, Dwayne, which is to get out of this year's draft and get back into next year's draft. This year, they're looking for players, and next year, they're going to look more for draft picks. So they've picked up another one for next year, and they've got rid of one this year. So it does suit the Swans. Anything else you get you expect to get done today? Mm, it's, it's really hard to put a finger on it, Dwayne. I'm looking at the draft picks um, with Gold Coast, as I said. So Gold Coast pick 11 that's being chased by Adelaide, North Melbourne, and Melbourne. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Massimo D'Ambrosio from... From, uh, from Essendon when he gets to Hawthorne. So we'll be asking Adrian Doro about that at 2 o'clock. Um, but it's a slow-moving beast now, and it will only probably pick up pace on Wednesday at about 6 p.m. before the 7.30 p.m. Yep. deadline. So I'm not too sure if anything else gets done today, but there's certainly some discussions going on behind the scenes, that's for sure. Yeah, wrong answer, Tom. If you wanted people to listen at one uh, with Trade Radio, you're supposed to say there might be eight or nine deals done <laughs> this afternoon, straight after one. But I, I'm with you. Uh, it, it, if... Anything does get done, we'll report it. If you mm. want to listen to Trade Radio, you can uh, listen to Trade Radio as well. Jay Gresham, the latest there, though? Jay Gresham's a really interesting one. We're still waiting to hear um, exactly what Essendon's offer is to St Kilda and if they'll match it. Now, if St Kilda do match it, and I did a tweet just a little bit earlier, if St Kilda do match it, uh, it's unlikely the Dodds, it's unlikely Essendon would trade for him. Um, Essendon see Gresham as a, as a handy acquisition, by and large, because he's a free agent, they don't have to give up a lot for him other than draft space and a list list spot. If St Kilda come back and say, no, we'll match it, 
then I can't see Essendon saying we'll give you a good draft pick for him. So then it might force St Kilda to keep him. So it's a, it's a real balancing act between the two clubs at the moment. But um, there are discussions going on behind the scenes. And as I did say, in about an hour and 20 minutes, we've got Adrian Dodoro on, right. the list manager at, at the Bombers. Thanks, Tony. Been great to have you on. No worries, Darren. T- Tony Barber, you were this morning, um, as you were called by Kevin Tom Morris, uh, uh, a.k.a. Tony Barber, given the fast money he went with with Gary Lyon in questions without notice today for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. Straight back to your calls from Midday Madness. Ray and Ashwood, thanks for holding. Ray, welcome to you. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. I'm um, just wondering, with the Mackay um, compensation pick, more great Jane... Jay Gresham, he was an earlier pick than uh, Mackay was originally. So does yeah. that mean we we get a pick three? Depend or does it depend on how much how much uh, Essendon is prepared to offer? It depends on his pay, Ray. That's how much Essendon are going to pay Gresham when they get him. It also depends on where you are in the order of the draft. So you won't get pick three because you didn't finish second last. So if you right. if you okay. finish second last and you get pick two, you get the next pick as well. So, essentially, if Collingwood um, was uh, going to get a compensation pick that was in the first round, Collingwood would essentially get pick 19 because they've got pick 18 in the draft right now. Right. Okay. Is that how it works? Okay. Yep. All right. So, hopefully, so we should get then hopefully um, a pick around the late first, early second round then. Hope, Depends hopefully. on – I'm not sure how much Jay Gresham's going to get paid. Now, we could argue about whether Ben Mackay is worth what Essendon are paying him. But supply and demand says that that's what he's getting. Uh, I'm not. I don't think Jay Gresham will get the, in that realm. So he'll be the next tier down. I reckon Ray. It'll be somewhere in the second round that you'll get his compensation for Jay Gresham. The way I'm reading it and the way I'm hearing it. So yeah, it won't be a pick right next to what's St Kilda got. What have you got? Pick nine or something, haven't you? So it won't. Uh, no, pick 13, twelve. I think it's yeah. 12 or thirteen or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, what about Billings? Do you think? Uh, He's going to go to any other team, or I know Collingwood's sort of half interested, but uh, um, are there any other options for Billings, do you think? There's a lot of those players that, in some ways, that have been there for a while, Ray, with success maybe on the horizon, would you want to leave? It's a bit of the Ryan Lester argument, that Ryan Lester's stuck around, he's been in the Lions team, he's been out of the Lions team, but he's been such a long-time servant that he ended up sticking around to the point that he was treasured again this year, had a great year, ended up a premiership player. So, you know, maybe there's a few of those players at St Kilda right now who are thinking, gee, I could go because maybe I'm not in Ross Lyon's best 18. But then again, if I play really well, um, change what I need to change, maybe I will be in the best 18 and maybe I will end up playing some finals with St Kilda after the hard yards of, you know, being around the mark and playing a couple of finals in the past. So, yeah, I appreciate your call, Ray, on it, but... Uh, yeah, the Saints are in a good spot, I reckon, right now for improvement next year. Even though, you, in some respects, people will say you overachieved this year with your ladder position first year under Ross Lyon. Uh, Lou and Bundur, are you there, Lou? I'm back, Dwayne. Hey, Dwayne, these, um, these, these seven-year deals, let's yep. look back on a couple now. Which ones have actually worked? I know all right, Oliver um, last year signed, or a couple of years ago signed, a uh, seven-year extension. Grundy's signed, Mackay signed. I know Dusty signed a few years back. But other than Dusty and I can't even think who else. Lance Franklin? All these, yeah, buddy. Well, well, you're talking about two of the best players of all time. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Okay. I know, I know. So, so, yeah. so 
with these other blokes that are signing seven-year deals, they've all been in discussion for trades, even if even though they they signed their seven-year contracts. So I think that um, what if it works in the opposite direction? So if they sign a seven-year deal, I know it locks them in for seven years, but they can be up for seven years of trade bait. The way the way the the way the everything's going with with players not being happy or circumstances out of footy. What do you think? Well, spot on, Lou. But if you become a free agent, a club gets nothing for you. So if you sign a guy on a long-term deal, then he's now yours to trade if you want to throw him up as a trade. And let's use Oliver or Aaron Norton as the examples because they've both got long-term deals. Melbourne, if they were going to trade Clayton Oliver, we're going to get a lot for him because they owned him. Uh, Norton, if all of a sudden in two years' time you're allowed to trade guys that are earning over 800000 against their will, then it, it's, it's going to be a situation where um, you know, they're going to get a lot for him, as opposed to him coming out of contract at the end of next year and the possibility of getting nothing for Aaron Norton. And one here, on the, correcting me on the text, of course, Leicester wasn't a premiership player, a grand final player, not a premiership player. Thanks for the correction there. They did lose. So, yeah, did you understand that, Lou? There's a lot that you can look forward to, I think, as a club if you own that player. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of course. But there's also the 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 salary cap. This is the other thing I wanted to... I, I almost forgot, Wayne. There's the other thing I wanted to ask you. With the salary cap prices increasing, right, on uh, average yeah. per player, does that... If they sign a seven-year deal, does their, does their money go up with that... Um, with the salary caps going up? Or do they... Different guys will have different deals, but yes. But yes. Yeah. So you will get your increase um, going up with whatever increase it is in the salary cap. If it goes up 3%, then you will probably go up 3%. But at least that is a known now in terms of how much the salary cap is going up, as opposed to if you signed the deal last year, you didn't know how long, how much the salary cap was going to go up. At least that CBA deal has been done now. Yeah. I'm with Kane Corns on this one. Seven-year contracts are a bit, bit lengthy. I reckon four to five. Okay, seven years pushing it a little bit. Josh Kelly's another one on the text that has worked for the Giants. He's got an eight-year deal, and there's a couple of the Giants whose long-term deal is looking pretty good right now. AK in Brunswick, thanks for holding. AK, welcome to you. Hey, Andre. Just a couple of points I want to talk about. I think the goal umpiring review, I think we need to seriously look at that. Like, I mean, if you look at the tennis, right, when, when it's a default or it's a net, you get, the ball comes up and it just... I reckon we need to start doing that in the score review. I think it's important. Um, that's my first point. And I think I want to talk about a bit of Hawthorne. Now, we're getting rid of Kaziski. I'm oh, sorry, Kaziski wants to be traded. But I don't blame him. I reckon we could use him as a centre-half back role. I know people say, oh, he's a bit slow. But we haven't used him. He played in the twos when he started to come play senior football. He started in the back line. Now, we are looking for a big... Tall centre half back, full back. What? What do you reckon? What are we? Where are, are we at at the moment? Dwayne? So you think you are? I mean, you you you've got Jath, Sicily, Frost. How many other? You got Weddle, who might end up being a wingman anyway. Your back line's looking pretty good, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, I just think we need another big tall centre half back. Mm. Back. You know I mean, I mean, Frost is a bit worried to me, and I just think like we just another strong backman would be great to. Help Sicily out for in the back line. I feel for him. You know what I mean. Um, so he can yeah. play his role. 
and I think with Shoal coming in, he'll be good for Hawthorne to help the forward line with Lewis. Uh, that's, that's important. But I think we're lacking another one. I think if we can keep his whiskey and just give him a try there, and I know he wants to try. But Chol, well, yeah. Well, I like the idea of adding Chol. I don't mind it, OK? I hear what you're saying. If you're a Hawthorne fan and you've heard what AK has had to say. Are you happy with that trade? Kaczynski out, Joel in when it gets done eventually. 0433981116 if you want to get on the back of what AK has had to say. Great to have you call, AK. The interesting part to me is I think we're evolving from having forward lines with one main guy who needs a big, big backman playing on him. One main guy kicks 75 goals. I think we've evolved to the point that you more teams have got two smaller, more mobile guys, not that big key forward who kick 40 each, or having three that kick 35 each, as opposed to one big guy. So I think having, you know, a big backman is maybe evolving out of it a little bit. I know there's the Tom Hawkins and Tom Lynch's of the competition still, but I think there's got to be more Jacob Van Royen kind of guys coming into the comp in the future. Great to have your call, though, AK. Jenny in Diamond Creek. Welcome to you, Jenny. Thanks for holding. Hi, Dwayne. Um, Dwayne, really shocked about Taylor Adams. Um, I'm just wondering if he's been the t- told the same that Mitchell was told at Hawthorne. You're only going to get five centre bounces a game. Um, and I just feel like Graham Wright is all over this. He has the history of trading older players. And I just think next year we're going to see a lot of Collingwood players traded around the 30 mark. What do you- well, I suppose you've got a few 30-year-olds on your list. So you're keeping Pendlebury, you're keeping Sidebottom, you're keeping Jeremy Howe. There's a few of those guys. I think you probably look to regenerate through the midfield. Taylor Adams is going to be a loss. But if Taylor Adams isn't in the plans to be in your centre square starting four most times, then I can see why Taylor Adams is leaving. He's got a few things right in recent times, Graham, right? So you're probably best to trust him. Great to have you call, though. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World brought to you by Kangan Institute. Unleash you at Kangan Institute. Enroll now. And we're straight back to your calls. Paul in Doreen. We're coming to you first. Pablo, I know you've been hot for a long time. Nick in Gladstone in New South Wales. Albie in Williamstown. We'll get to you all. Still got a heap of stuff to give away as well as some Signet Boost Power Banks valued at $44.95. Signet Boost Power Banks will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, straight back to your calls, as I mentioned, and then we'll give you an update on what's happening trade-wise later on this hour. Paul and Doreen, thanks for holding. Welcome to you, Paul. Thanks for taking my call, Dwayne. Um, I just want to talk about uh, full-time umpires. I think it's a great idea, and I just want to make a few points if I could. Um, Absolutely. We need to start earlier with, with recruiting umpires, and um, so education and recruitment programs need to start in schools. And if we had professional umpires, they could conduct these. Um, there's lots of kids that love footy. They're just don't, not up to playing, though, you know, and they still want to be involved. So get them early, I think, is, is a, a positive thing, um, not just waiting and letting them fall into it later on. Um, pathways and development programs like we have for our footballers, you know, with the TAC Cup and the underage development squads, why don't we have these for umpires as well? Again, professional umpires can can coach these and train them. And, again, we're going to see positives out of this with with great umpires that come out of it again, you know. Um, there's always an argument about oh, but umpires want to have a career outside of football. But we could make the same argument for footballers too, but if we compensate umpires enough, we give them um, these pathways to follow, and like footballers encourage them to look outside uh, and move away from football, 
um, when they have that downtime, you know, they can they can definitely, um, you know, look at other careers outside of that as well. So lots of scope for this. And yeah, I think that it's crazy. I mean, the NBL has professional umpires now. So their referees, they have, um, I think, half a dozen of them are professional. And the NBL season doesn't go all year long. So I think there is that opportunity for the AFL. You can umpire the AFL. You can umpire the AFLW. You can do a heap of other stuff as well. Now, if you want to be an accountant and be an umpire at the same time, you can do that in the future. But I'm agreeing with you on the pathway idea. I think it's a great idea as well. Let's hope that is on the agenda items for Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane going forward because I think umpiring has to be right at the top of their list. Uh, great to have you called. Paul, hold the line. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank coming your way. Signet Boost Power Bank's valued at $44.95. I'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Pablo and Beric, welcome to you, Pablo. Yeah, Dwayne, thanks for taking my call, mate. Just quickly, uh, obviously long-suffering Essen supporter. I think if anyone needs a priority pick, it's us because we haven't won a final for 20 years, but that's not why I called. With, with those two first-round picks, in 2024 that North Melbourne got, I thought they were subject to um, something happening. Like, how can they already trade away one of them if, hypothetically, and we all know it's not going to happen, if North Melbourne were to come out next year and win the grand final, surely the AFL still wouldn't afford them those uh, few two first-round picks next year. Which is the point, Pablo. You have to use them now, otherwise they could get taken away from them. So, in essence, North of used the pick that they've got in next year's draft given to them by the AFL, which is at the end of the first round. So let's call it pick 19. They traded that away and got a pick 25 back. So they've essentially used it, but haven't really used it. So they've used it because their pick 19 could be taken away next year, but you can't take away the pick 25 you got back, Pablo. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. One more quick thing. Uh, yeah. Different questions. In this day and age, with all the digital scoring, TV, radio, apps, all that, why the hell do goal umpires still have to take out the little card and pencil <laughs> and mark down the scores? When the game's moving that fast, I mean, they take out the card and for all they know, the ball's coming straight back. Like, it just seems a ridiculous thing that they're still doing that. Well, we don't really need the flags either, do we, Pablo, to wave the flag to the guy down the other end? The flags are sticking out the back of the post and if the flag gets hit by the ball, it's counted as part of the post and it's a behind. I'm, I don't think we even need flags. If you want to have flags, have two giant hankies in your pockets and pull them out and wave them. But there's a lot of things we do due to tradition that a lot of people love as part of our AFL tradition that we don't want to do away with. So if you want to have a little wavy-wavy, that's all fine by me. But um, yeah, how far back do you go? Do you put them in big white ice cream coats again or do you you know, have them with the big white hats on? No, we don't. We've moved on past all that. So maybe we can move past the little card in the pocket and the flag wave as well going forward. I love the two fingers out for a goal, though. Let's never get rid of that. Um, appreciate your call, Pablo, and thanks for the chat. Uh, a couple here coming through on the text that I should have read earlier. I think AK is right. The Hawks need a Stephen May type in the back line. Boy, I miss Brian Lake. Um, Albie in Williamstown, you want to weigh into the grand final medallions debate. Welcome to you, Albie. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. Um, yeah, the medallions, the grand final medallions. I just wanted your opinion as to everyone that plays in the finals, if that team wins the grand final, all the players that were used for the, uh, you know, the semis and the preliminaries, they should all get a medallion. What do you think of that? I think the AFL does the right thing by giving medallions to the players that play on the day. And I think they're handing that to the 
the clubs themselves to say, okay, well, if you want to do something for the rest of your staff, including the players who play that year, then that's your call. I'd like to know what Collingwood's about to do, Albie. Uh, it'll be interesting because Collingwood are going to do something for all of their main staff that were involved. So I think we are taking a step in that direction, Albie, but I don't think medals presented on the day is the way to go or them getting the same medal as the 23. I think there needs to be something different for the players who are involved in a premiership year. Uh, but it's a good debate, Albie, and I think it'll continue, and I wouldn't mind knowing what Collingwood's done this year. Speaking of Collingwood, Nick in Glaston in New South Wales. Welcome to you, Nick. G'day, how are you? Um, yeah, good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I don't know whether this is a lost in the wash. Um, we're definitely not talking enough about the Collingwood Premiership. Um, but what I'd like to do is um, read a quote from um, Scott McRae from September the 4th, 2021, when he's talking about his presentation to the Collingwood board to get the job. And he says, And one of my strong attributes is that I'm a winner. But I'm not a winner in the sense of being arrogant. I'm a winner because I think that winning is a process. And I know that. I know the process of winning. Isn't it nice to be able to be proven right? Nick, there's a lot going right at Collingwood. You get good people to your organisation, you get success. That's the bottom line. You get a good coach. You get a good CEO. You get a great guy or a girl in charge of your football department. Then you get... It's any business is the same. I mean, good people make great businesses and make them successful. So you're right, Nick. Craig McRae has been a ripper so far. And uh, it is interesting to see where they'll go next because this is a very happy football club that we're all in love with right now. Um, let's hope the love continues. Dave and Melton, you've been holding for an eternity. Sorry, Dave. G'day, mate. How are you? Mate, I was just Good. wondering if, if clubs lose a player through concussion during the year, can they get compensated or can they pick another player up from somewhere? Or how does that work? So a player can go on your long-term injury list, Dave. That does occur, and you do have an opportunity to replace those players if they're on your long-term injury list for any reason, including a concussion that ends your career? Right, so Sydney lost Paddy McCartan, and how did they go about it? Or haven't they done anything yet? Uh, They would have an extra list spot now, but they would have been able to, depending on what time of year, have Paddy McCartan go on their long-term injury list and replace him on their senior list, yes. Okay, I'm not sure who they replaced him with. If you can tell me that on the text, 0433981116. But that is the rule as it stands at the moment because, Dave, we do have players that go on the long-term injury list. Some of them you lose, you know, after round one and you have to replace them. Yeah, but isn't concussion in a different category? Well, not when it comes to the long-term injury list and replacing them on your list, I don't think, Dave. I think it's, it's all grouped into the same thing when it comes to that in terms of a list spot. But it's a different category when it comes to compensation for the player of their career ends, yeah. Okay, thanks, buddy. Uh, good to have you call, Dave. Quite a few texts coming through. One here, Dwayne, did I hear you earlier pipe saying playing three Ruckman might be a good move regards Essendon? I think Clarko is on the money, only playing one with a chop out. Less boundary throw-ins soon. J-Bob, I'm not sure there will be less boundary throw-ins soon. I think that, well, if anyone knows what the AFL is thinking, it's Brad Scott who was there at the AFL as the head of football for a little while. I don't think we're scrapping boundary throw-ins and bringing the last possession out of play, free kick rule in a hurry, which means that whose philosophy is correct? Playing two rucks or one? Because Todd Goldstein told us yesterday, North Melbourne's philosophy 
under Alistair Clarkson next year is completely different to Essendon's philosophy under Brad Scott. Clarko has a one-ruck-only plan. It's going to be Tristan Cherry and that's it. Whereas Essendon's going to be playing two rucks in every game, either Goldie and Sam Draper or Goldie and Nick Bryan or Sam Draper and Nick Bryan. That's their plan, Brad Scott. Now, if one of them gets injured or two of them gets injured, then it'll be a different plan. But who's got the right plan here? Because Collingwood played two rucks and won the flag. Mason Cox and Darcy Cameron. Max Gorn, I get it. If you've got one superstar ruck like Max Gorn, you go solo and it works. But I think they would have been better playing Brodie Grundy in latter stages this year as well, Melbourne, to help Max Gorn. So I think the two ruck rule is still the way to go. And here's Todd Goldstein yesterday on Clarko, one ruck, Brad Scott, two rucks. And your thoughts on this, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I didn't really want to sit in the VFL and, and hope for an injury to Tristan. Mine and Tristan's relationship was was too good like for me to be comfortable with that scenario. So, you know, I think with, with Clarko mainly wanting to play one ruck, um, this was the, the best opportunity for me to, to further my career and also further my development. Me, Nick and Sam are all, all have, have, going to have a fair say in, in who gets to be number one and, and who gets to play. Brad's pretty committed to to playing two rucks, which helps. Um, but I'm also really looking forward to, to helping the development of, of Sam and Nick. And I think, I think they're both really highly talented players that are very raw and, and we can really harness that and, and turn them into to a fantastic ruckman. Todd Goldstein yesterday. Is Clarko's one ruck system with North Melbourne Tristan Cherry solo going to work? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you've got a thought on that, we've still got some gift cards thanks to the House of Golf to give away your one-stop shop for all things golf. Before we take a break, uh, Peter and Doreen wants to talk about Essendon and Jay Gresham. Welcome to you, Peter. How are you, Dwayne? Um, Good. If Essendon, if Essendon miss out on Gresham, which I'm not that keen on him anyway, but if St Kilda match it, I know Adrian has virtually saying he won't um, try to hand over a draft pick. I personally think, and I've heard that um, Reese Matheson from Brisbane is mm. once out. Now, he's got a bit of mongrel about him. I know he hasn't been getting a game up there, but he'd probably get a game in 12 of the other teams in the AFL, and I reckon he'll get a game on the Essendon half-forward line. I reckon he's better value for Essendon than Gresham is. I don't know what you think about that, because he's got that bit of mongrel, and we need a few players that have got a bit of mongrel about him. He'll go in there and stick up for his teammates and do a bit of push and shove, show a bit of ag- aggro. He's what a goer, th- Peter, and I agree with you. He's a goer. I'd give him a chance. And under the money ball system, you wouldn't have to pay him much either. You'd pay him a hell of a lot less than you have to pay Jake Gresham. So you pay him minimum chips and see what he's got. And he gives his all. Now, his all might not be... He'll never win a Brownlow or probably never win a... Um, you know, best and fairest for you, but he's going to give his heart and soul every time he plays a minute for you, Pete. So you might be on the money with that one. I like it. Great to have you call. Phil and Hoppers Crossing, you there, Phil? Uh, g'day, Pipe. How you going? Good. Your thoughts of the ruck situation uh, in North? Well, can you... I'm wondering if you can confirm something for me, mate. Is Damien Munkhorst, is he the ruck coach at North Melbourne? He was. I'm not sure if he still is. Well, I mean, I... I would have thought that Todd Goldstein would have been a better, a better choice myself. Um, not taking anything away from Monkey, he was a good player, but not a, not, not a good as uh, Ruckman as Goldie. But Goldie wants to play, though, Phil, and he was told by North that he wasn't going to. They're not going to play two rucks, and they preferred Tristan Cherry ahead of him anyway. Yeah, well, 
you know, back to my point, I don't think Goldie, I don't, I don't think Damien Munkhorst is, um, you know, he's not my ideal ruck coach. Happy to have that on the agenda, Phil. Uh, my understanding is that he's still there, but uh, happy to have that on the agenda because assistant coaching staff is critical as well these days. And uh, there are a few um, little shuffles going on at the moment, and the dogs desperately need one or two. Baz and Coburg, we'll come to you straight after the break. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Are you a two ruck person or a one ruck person going forward for your club and North Melbourne fans, especially? Back to you after this. And if there are any trades done in the next hour, of course, we'll bring you that info. The Dog Lovers Festival bounce back to Jeff Shed this weekend. Fetch tickets at dogloversfestival.com.au. Throw back to your calls and your texts. A couple of texts on the 40 Wings Temper text 0433981116, the all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses like no other. Uh, Monkhorst involved in three flags as ruck coach at Hawthorne. Phil, what on earth do you know about him that tells you he's not an ideal ruck coach, Chris? So there's one in favour of Monkey staying as the ruck coach at North Melbourne. Uh, I agree, Pipe. They won't bring in the last touch rule or make a ruck as we know them obsolete. One of the beauties of the game is that there is a place in it for Caleb Daniel and Todd Goldstein, Mark. And I agree with that. I think the AFL agrees with that as well. Uh, another one here on... Uh, the last touch out of bounds rule. Uh, Dwayne, last touch rule would change the game too much. Midfields would be nearly irrelevant other than centre bounce. You'd want a completely different midfield with incredible kicks. Yeah, the stoppages are such a huge part of our game now. We don't want more, but the stoppage setup does allow for a bit more um, of strategy, I suppose, uh, for those people who like their strategy in game. Dwayne, remove two wingmen from the ground and put them on the bench. So you have 16 players on the ground with six interchange players with no sub. You end up getting rid of on-ground congestion and eliminate the sub. That's Georgia Northcote. I think he's a regular on that. Been wanting that done for a long time. Has that as an agenda item for Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane. Uh, Dwayne, why do we need ruck nomination? Just penalise the third man into the contest. Simple. So there you go. So uh, that is a solution to it. So each team must only have one jumper. And if you have two players jump from your team, then that's a free kick against your team. That also makes a bit of sense. Oh, I'm one here from Blady in Sunbury. Dwayne, how about the umpires say hold instead of stand? Sounds better. A bit like Braveheart. Uh, it's Blady from Sunbury. Uh, look, I wouldn't mind if players on the mark, if you want to use hold or stand, were allowed to move back. You can't move forward of the mark, obviously, if you're on the mark. I would allow them to move back freely and not be penalised but just not right or left. So they can alter the stand rule there, whereby if you didn't want to stand, then you can back back in a straight line only. Uh, but then once you've backed back, you can't come forward again and no right or left movement. But whether they'll tinker with that, I'm not sure. But there are a few coming through that want the stand rule scrapped as well by Laura Kane and Andrew Dillon. Baz and Coburg, you there, Baz? Yeah, hi, Dwayne. <clears throat> You're on the air, Baz? Yeah, Dwayne, how are you, buddy? Um, Good. I yeah, just want to talk about Paddy Dow. Um, you know, the fourth rounder that St Kilda's offered, surely that's that's, that's ludicrous. Like, if I was Carlton, mate, I'd, I'd, you know what, I'd either let him walk or I'd offer him a new contract because I reckon Carlton need him. Our midfield's very, very same pace. And they're trying to deal with Gold Coast regarding Elijah Hollands. Mm. I think they're like, like he's probably the similar to a Kennedy 
or a you know or a terror. So he's not really pacey or quick, and that's what we lack in the midfield. So I, I don't understand why they why they didn't do it. Like they're going to lose well, him for nothing. Yeah. I'd rather lose him for nothing than get a fourth rounder because he's better than that. <laughs> You'd rather lose him for nothing than get a fourth round pick. That's the dilemma that Carlton's in right now. And if you've already told him that he's probably not part of your long term plans uh, in terms of the first eighteen picked then you can't now tell him, I'll oh, stay. Well, we might actually use you. You can't do that now. Um, that that genie can't be put back in the bottle. So, yeah, do you want to get a fourth-round pick or nothing and let him walk to North Melbourne or maybe even walk all the way to St Kilda in the pre-season draft if he nominates his price and no other club wants to grab him? Sam and Kilo down to you there, Sam? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Pipe. Look, I've just got... Uh two points I want to make. One, the first one is uh, you indicated that you wouldn't mind seeing the goal umpires not wave the flags. Well, look, from a spectator's point of view, where I'm coming from, I enjoy that. It adds to the theatre of the game. Mm. So, to, to me, it just adds to the entertainment. Uh, whether it's a, a point or a goal, uh, you know it's going to be one stroke of a, the point, two for the goal, it, and that's seen quite clearly because sometimes when you're up at the other end, you can't see the, um, the goal umpire indicate. So, yeah, I don't mind them waving, Sam. I don't like I don't like the big stick being tucked into the back of the goalpost anymore because it's been hit a couple of times this year. So if you want to have a couple of giant hankies in your pockets or keep the flag with a little stick on it in your pocket or on your person, then have a little holster in your belt. But I wouldn't have them on the posts anymore, Sam. That's what I'd change. Yeah, I can see your point there, Dwayne. The other point, yeah. uh, in regards to Tom Mitchell, I heard two viewpoints, and I'd like to get what your viewpoint is. Like Nathan Buckley uh, on the, the morning show um, yesterday indicated, well, uh, he probably used to be a bit like that, but he went away from that because he said yeah. that would indicate to the rest of the players uh, oh, look, there's poor Tom being berated and shown out. And the players yep. in general don't like that type of thing. And I, I agree with Nathan Buckley on that. Yeah, you're right. So Nathan Buckley said yesterday that public humiliation, or humiliation is the word that he used in front of your teammates, is a thing of the past. And it's all, if you're going to have constructive criticism or harsh criticism, then you've got to do it one-on-one, man-to-man these days. So the whole world's changed in that regard. But in saying that, uh, we, we played you what Tom Mitchell had to say yesterday about his dislike of the harsh feedback. Here's Rob McCartney from Hawthorne responding today to Tom Mitchell and the harsh feedback system under Sam Mitchell. So here's the head of footy at Hawthorne. I've actually since spoken to Tom and, and importantly, I've acknowledged you know how he feels. But in contrast to that, uh, Kane, you know, I've, I've also listened to Will Day on on our PCM Best and Fairest night on Saturday and, and how he shared, you know, similar honest feedback that he received and how it was the catalyst for important reflection, behaviour change and a resulted improved individual performance and team performance. Mm. I think the thing that I'd, I'd like to say about this is there's no escaping that feedback is a required component and it's probably the lifeblood of, of high-performance environments. There you go. You justified it, Rob McCartney. Part of the nature of high-performance environments, and I think that is the way most people view it as well, even though some think that it's no longer able to be done and shouldn't be done 
in front of Pierce. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. So a trade update, and we will be having a chat to someone from the Saints after 2 o'clock. Hunter Clark has re-signed with the Saints for a further two years. So St Kilda's acting general manager of football, Dave Misson, I think he's going to join us straight out of the 2 o'clock news. So good news there with that trade update, and there has been a couple of texts about it. Great news. Dwayne Hunter-Clark re-signing. Can he become an A-grader? Robert Mornington, I think he be- can become a B-plusser. But uh, you don't like putting ceilings on guys who still have a lot of career left. Uh, Tom Morris also reporting that the Taylor Adams move to Sydney could be on the cards within the next 24 hours. Here he is on Trade Radio a short time ago, Tommy. So my understanding is the Taylor Adams deal is very close. Um, so we'll bring you that information as it comes to hand. Indeed. So Taylor Adams, I believe, will be a Sydney Swans player, if not by the end of tomorrow, by the end of today. I think it's going to be done pretty soon. Tom Morris. And uh, recapping, Dylan Stevens and Pick 25 have been traded to North Melbourne. So Dylan Stevens from the Swans to North in exchange for North's 2024 end of first round assistance pick and Pick 44. And James Harms has spoken to Trade Radio about his move from Melbourne to the Dogs. So James Harms... On the way to the dogs, uh, here's a little bit of James Harms. Yeah, it all happened uh, very quickly. Um, I was actually out for lunch when it all went down. So, um, no, I spoke to Sammy Power yesterday. Um, and, yeah, he said it was the quickest trade they've ever done. So, um, yeah, I requested the trade uh, probably around 2 o'clock yesterday. And I think it was done by 3.30. So, um, yeah, I'm absolutely wrapped and, yeah, really excited to be part of the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, I had a few clubs um, inquire about me, and uh, the reason I, I chose Bulldogs is when I um, caught up with Bevo and, and Sammy. Um, yeah, it felt right, and um, yeah, I felt like I could really belong to this club, and um, feel like they really believed in me, and they do believe in me that I can um, yeah, be a really good AFL footballer. And uh, obviously, last year was pretty challenging for me. Um, didn't have the greatest year, so. Probably lost a bit of confidence, and after the meeting, I felt like I walked out of there. And um, yeah, they had a lot of confidence and confidence in me to um, yeah become a really good footballer. Uh, I think at the moment, yeah, they're bringing me into to play as an inside mid and um, high half forward. And they loved my um, running attributes and uh, my athleticism. So yeah, that's what I'll be trying to bring to the club. And um, yeah, whatever role it is, um, I'll grab it with both hands and uh, yeah, do my best. James Harms joining the Dogs, and uh, James Harms will also join Adam White and Adam Cooney later on Sports Day after 5.30. So if you're an SEN listener and you're listening right through the day, then you'll catch James Harms later today. That trade update for tyre power, number one on the tyres trade table. A couple of texts that have come through, um, quite a few saying all four emergencies should be subs, allowing two to be used during the game. Um, a lot of variations on that, and that is on the agenda, I think, as well for Andrew Dillon and Laura Kane. So let's put that on the list. Um, who are the key forwards that Melbourne could go after? They've cleared cap room. So it depends on... Well, they could go after Tom Hawkins, but he'd have to move to Melbourne. I can't see Tom Hawkins driving... Well, sometimes it's two hours from his farm to Melbourne at 9 o'clock in the morning if there's an accident and given the traffic. And he's got to get to Casey. So if he's prepared to travel two and a half hours up and two and a half hours back every day... Uh, maybe they could have a go at Tom, but I think they're less likely to do that and just trust what they've got 
going forward. So uh, I don't think they'll go after anyone. They might try and trade into pick one, maybe, maybe. And they might still try and trade into Harry Mackay, maybe. There's a few that believe that could happen. So, yeah, maybe Harry the Mackay or pick one's the best option. Try and have a crack at Harley Reid. And one here on Hawthorne. Hawthorne are kidding themselves. Feedback is certainly important. However, you can't justify having the same player highlighted in all five video clips. Cheers, John. And the world has changed uh, on that. Julian Namurabach, thanks for holding. Julian, welcome to you. Yeah, good afternoon, Dwayne. Firstly, go Pies. Uh, nice secondly, work. I was calling up, secondly, I was calling you regarding, I was listening for the uh, last couple of years when people call up and say about the third man up in the ruck contest, saying, oh, why don't we ban that? That makes it so much simpler. But I did hear a ruckman, and also I think I've heard Razor Ray talk about this. Um, the reason they still nominate is that they're trying to also look for people that are blocking. So if they don't know who the designated ruckman is, they don't know who they're watching to be blocked to get to the contest. So no nomination, they can't see who they're looking for. So that was the second part of why they brought in that rule. So it wasn't just to prevent the third person coming across. You're correct on that, Julian. Well explained. You've got an e-gift card, redeemable online or in-store. Thanks to the House of Golf, your one-stop shop for all things golf. We have that explained to us essentially every pre-season when we sit in the meeting with the umpires and say, why do you do this and why do you do that? Good to have you explain it as well. Yusuf in Broadmeadows, you there, Yusuf? Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. How's things? Good. That's good. Just want to touch base on the Brisbane Lions. Um, you know, obviously, during the recruit, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, we should have gone after a big body mid who can win the ball and, you know, go on and kick big-time goals, you know, especially in finals. I know we touched base um, on Lockie Neal and stuff like that, but, you know, clearly he can't kick big-time goals. I don't, I don't believe he's a finals player. Um Chris Fagan putting Cam Rayner in defence. I think that was a very bad move. We've got a great defence. We've got a great forward line. It's all about the midfield, I believe, for the Brisbane Lions. Put Cam Rayner on the ball. Let him kick big-time goals. I think if Cam Rayner stepped up and played on the ball and laid some big tackles and brought his physicality to the game, we would have run all over the pies. And that's probably what cost us in the, in the end, the lack of physicality. Obviously, Collingwood kept us in the game due to their... Um, you know, not kicking accurately and stuff like that. But obviously going back and watching the replay and stuff, I just don't believe that the Brisbane Lions have that physicality in the midfield. Like Lockie Neal, yeah, he's a superstar and stuff like that, but he doesn't have that physicality to go in there and, you know, lay big-time tackles and stuff like that. So I definitely think moving forward, the Brisbane Lions definitely need a big-body midfielder. They got Josh Dunkley, but Dunkley just doesn't go on and kick big-time goals. We need a midfielder who can go mm. and kick big-time goals for the Brisbane Lions to go on and do a three-peat like Jason Akinanis and Simon Black and Michael Boss. Yeah, the game's changed a bit, Yusuf, where midfielders don't kick anywhere near as many goals as they once did. You know, even the great midfielders like uh, Christian Petrarca isn't kicking as many goals. I mean... It's beautiful to have a Jordan DeGoey or a Dustin Martin who does it, but a lot of their goals are kicked when they're resting forward as opposed to when they're playing actually in the midfield. Look, I think Josh Dunkley's been a great pickup. You'll also get Will Ashcroft, who you didn't have for the last third of the season due to his injury. Now, he's not a big-bodied mid. You've been sort of a bit harsh on Lockie Neal quite a bit. Yusuf, I get that. Everyone's got their favourites and those people who are whipping boys a bit. I mean, he's great. He's great, Lockie Neal. He didn't quite do it for your grand final day, so you're still going to have that doubt on him. But um, it's interesting to hear you call. Always good to be able to talk some footy with you, Yusuf. Can I ask you one question before you go? 
Yeah, mate, yeah. Well, let me throw this one back, back at you. Did the MCG audio operator overstep his brief playing John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads at quarter time during the grand final? Charlie Cameron hadn't touched the ball to quarter time. It seemed to spark him up. He kicked a goal within a minute of the restart for the second quarter. Um, did, he over, did he overplay his brief, Yusuf? Should he have not yeah, played yeah. that song? Yeah, look, he definitely did play it. And obviously, me being to the Gabba, we know what fires him up when he kicked two in a minute yeah. against the, the power. Um, but, you know, it's definitely good that they um, they played that song because it fired him up. He kicked an absolute ripper. But, yeah, it was definitely overplayed to uh, to answer your question. But let's just hope they can play a song for Lockheed. He would have him kicking goals for 50. <laughs> good on you, Yusuf. Thanks for your call. Have you got a thought on that one? 300-736-736. I didn't think it was right that they played it at quarter time, to be honest. But your thoughts on it, and I'm not a Collingwood, you know, I'm not in the Collingwood Army. But if you were one of the Collingwood Army, Eddie didn't like it, and I know that. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Immediately the second quarter started after they played Take Me Home Country Road. Charlie started playing. Well, he had a great second quarter. Do you think the audio guy was happy with his work? That he fired Charlie up or appeared to fire Charlie up? Or do you think he was a little nervous after Charlie had a big second quarter? There's a question with that notice. Out of nowhere, just because we had a caller on Brisbane. Country Road. Should the Brisbane Lions pump up songs have been part of the quarter time fan vote on grand final day? Should the Brisbane Lions pump up songs have been part of the quarter time fan vote on grand final day, given that Collingwood don't have pump up songs for their players? Ben in Wallen, welcome to you, Ben. Hey, go, mate. I'm a boy, and I don't think it's a big deal, mate. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, entertainment. It's, if that gets you going, well, you know what? Just have backmen uh, have to work a little bit harder. We did the job. Fair call, Ben. Mark at Geelong. Welcome to you, Mark. G'day, Dwayne. I saw that at the game. I was horrified. I knew what had happened. I said to the bloke next to me, I said, you watch Charlie Cameron. Or if this boat wins, he'll put two or three on us in the second quarter. And sure enough, he did straight away. It shouldn't have been a part of it. Um, I should have picked some more neutral songs. So to me, that looked to be quite deliberate. Not that it's a conspiracy against Collingwood, but it was just a deliberate thing, I think, on uh, behalf of uh, somebody who might have been a little bit mischievous. Yeah, could have picked any three songs in the world outside of the Brisbane Lions pump-up songs. Could have had Sympathy for the Devil, Cashmere and Party in the USA. But, yeah, they had to include the pump-up songs for Brisbane. Brad and Elston Wick, was it unfair? Did you like it or not, Brad? Um, I was at the game as a neutral, Twain, and um, I must admit I was really surprised when I saw it come up, but probably more surprised when it actually won because I would have thought with the crowd weight it would have got absolutely flogged. But, um, yeah, up it came. Um, well, I don't know if we the official voting got put up, did it? Uh, we saw the percentages, but I'd like to see the end result of the vote. Jamie and Bacchus Marsh, welcome to you, Jamie. Okay, Dwayne, a couple of things that have been missed. Rat Collingwood supporter who was at the game. The three songs that were put up were Brisbane Pump Up songs. So, yeah. uh, Joe Danaher's song was on there as well. So um, it was always going to be a Brisbane song, but at three-quarter time, they did put up three Collingwood songs. The song that got up was an Eminem song that Collingwood... But Collingwood don't have pump-up songs, Jamie. Collingwood's players don't have after-goal pump-up songs, do they? So it's a bit unfair, isn't it? Well, the song that ended up getting up at three-quarter time was an Eminem song that Collingwood used to play at home games prior to running out and the club song being played. So it kind of did 
even out in the end. But I think at a, at a grand final, it needs to be neutral because Brisbane could have got on a roll and Cameron could have kicked eight. Uh, and whose decision was it that Brisbane got quarter time and Collingwood got three quarter time? Whose decision's that? Well, that's probably something for the AFL to answer and whether it was part of negotiations as to who wore what shorts and who <laughs> ran out first and second and all the rest of it. But I think for the future, it probably needs to just be a neutral song to pump the crowd out because Country Road really isn't a, a, a heart starter. Great to have you, Cole. got a full board, so I'll race through as many as possible. Sticks, welcome to you and Moorabark. G'day, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Um, I'm Good. similar to the other the guys. I'm a, uh, I'm a pie supporter as well. I didn't really think it had too much influence. Uh, I know that you come out and kick one, but you know how hard it is on grand final day to, uh, to even get a touch. So um, he, he's he's not going to get a goal just based on a, a song playing. So um, yeah, we got the four points in the end. and, uh, and uh, well, We didn't get the four points. Got medallions around our neck, didn't we, in the end? So it didn't really matter. <laughs> Good on your sticks, Damien. Croydon North, what are you, Damien? G'day. Yeah, look, I don't think it impacted the result, but on a principal basis, if the grand final was played in Brisbane, there is no way in the world Brisbane would allow any type of Collingwood song or music to come up during the game. So the fact that that was allowed to be played, I just think that was, that's a, it's just a, the wrong decision, completely wrong decision. Another quick topic, if I may, as well. Yep. Yesterday we spoke about travel of teams and how much Collingwood's travelled in comparison to other clubs. I think fundamentally what we're forgetting is the construct of the AFL and where all our teams are based is the source of the problem. We've got an 18-team competition. Ten teams are based in one city. It's not like European soccer or other, other sporting uh, institutions where every team has got its own stadium in its yeah. own city. So everything is lopsided for the mere fact that we've got so many teams in one city other teams are going to have to travel more. The other part of this as well... Yeah, Damien, I've got to take a break, and we've got a full board of calls. Rapid fire coming up straight after the break. I hear what you're saying, though. You cannot possibly have an even competition with what we've got when it comes to travel. So that is 100% spot on, and you're right. Midday Madness, rapid fire. You call, you get on, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. If you want to jump on, you've got two minutes before the 2 o'clock news. Luke and Lilydale, thanks for holding. Luke, welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. Long time, first time. I uh, didn't love it so much, but um, I'm guessing it definitely wasn't a Collingwood supporter in control of the music. Thanks for your call, Luke. John and Doreen, you there, John? Uh, yeah, same. Didn't like it. Didn't like the stupid dances and the roar after their goals either. Thanks. It's a neutral thing in the grand final. Thanks for your call, John. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people coming through on the text saying it should be neutral in a grand final. But one here, seriously, Pipe. Collingwood had the home ground advantage. And you're questioning a song. Uh, it was just a report that I read that Eddie and a few at Collingwood didn't like it. Uh, Pies complaining about a song but relying on 19th man. That's rubbish. That's from Fog. Uh, what about the fact that the grand final was basically a home game for Collingwood? Give Brisbane a little leg up somewhere. And one here on the text is an accusation that I don't know if it's true, but I'll read it out anyway. Uh, the company in charge of the AV was instructed by the AFL to include Take Me Home. It was predetermined that that song would win. Good for ratings. Yeah, I'm not sure that's true, but anyway, I'll read your text. The AFL determined Brisbane had quarter time and Collingwood three-quarter time. AFL weren't fussed about Collingwood's song as it was never going to add to the telecast. Craig Kelly made a call to the AFL when it came on. Not happy. Yeah, I'm not sure about all of that, but thanks for your text. Anyway, thanks to all of you who joined me for Midday of Man. It's been fun today. A trade update for tyre power. power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power.
Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Kangan Institute. Unleash your Kangan Institute enroll. Now, another day of the trade period. As you heard, the trade sting for tyre power. Well, great news for the Saints with Hunter Clark signing for a two-year extension to stay at St Kilda. Dave Misson, St Kilda Acting General Manager of Football, has been good enough to join us. Morning to you, Dave. Great to have you on. Hi, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, took a little while to get this deal done, though. Yeah, look, um, you know, we, we really value Hunter as a player. He, you know, he's had some tough times with injuries, obviously, but, you know, he was able to play 19 games this year um, at a really high level. And, yeah, we're, we're really pleased that we can get him on board for another two years and, and keep a high-quality player at the club. And how high-quality a player do you think he can be long-term, Dave? Because he, he does have a huge upside when he's fit and he seemed to have a really good season. Yeah, that's exactly what we think. You know, he's, he's obviously had some battles with injury, but, you know, last pre-season was the first pre-season he was really able to attack. Uh, he's got no injury concerns going into this pre-season coming up. So we reckon, you know, more money in the bank there from a fitness and strength point of view, and we can really see um, the very best of Hunter Clark. And he, he really is only young. He's only mid-20. So, um, yeah, as you say, a lot of upside. So how important is it not only to get players, but to be able to keep these guys and lock them in long-term. It's a two-year deal. Where, where are you at with you know, locking these players in for three, four, five, six and, and seven if you think they've got a long-term future? And why is this one two? Yeah, look, I, I think it sort of it gives a bit of flexibility both for the player and the club. Um, you know, I think the trade and the draft allows clubs and players to, you know, to move around so much and to, you know, manipulate their lists and you know, depending on what situation they're in. So I think it just gives everyone, both players and club, a bit of flexibility. Um, but look, you know, Hunter has a really good couple of years and we'll, we'll definitely be coming to his management again and, and looking to, um, to extend that. Are you more a short-term deal guy? Because I noticed that well, Liam Stocker, Zach Jones, Jimmy Webster, I think Ryan Burns also on, on one-year deals. Well, yeah, like I suppose for those guys, you know, Zach's getting a little bit older. Um, you know, Anthony, um, Liam Stock has sort of come in from Carlton and, you know, we, we just want to sort of see how they go for another year and, and see where our list's at. You know, we're still pretty committed to bringing young players through the draft and we've got a, a really core group of good first and second year players. So, you know, in, in a year, two years' time, we just want to see where our list demographic is. Um, we obviously want to really push hard to win that second premiership but also build the club for some sustained success you know, over a long period of time. You're planning on bringing in Liam Henry. Where are you at with those talks? Uh, yeah, we've had initial talks with Fremantle and um, those, those talks are continuing. Um, Stephen Silvani's uh, leading the charge there. What are they asking for? Uh, I, I think they've sort of publicly come out and said that they're looking for a, a pick inside sort of 10 or even a first round, which... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether we're going to be able to do that, but um, hopefully we'll find a happy medium and, um, and you know, get Liam, who really is uh, committed to coming to St Kilda, um, down to Moorabbin. Paddy Dow also on your agenda. What's it going to cost you to get Paddy Dow in? Yeah, look, Paddy, again, Paddy's committed. Um, we're, we're really close to hopefully having that deal done. Um, I'm not going to, you know, steal Sauce's thunder there because I hmm. think that, will hopefully be announced in the next couple of days. Okay, and, and what's what's it going to cost you, do you think? 
Uh, <clears throat> hard to say. Hopefully, you know, it, it maybe a third or a fourth round pick. Um, um, but as I say, Sauce, Sauce is the one that's working on that deal there and, and we're very close. You see a lot more twos football than me, Dave. He dominated just about every twos game that he played in this year, didn't he? Yeah, he had a very high possession rate when he played VFL. Um, for, for us, it was when, you know, he got a chance at AFL level that, you know, he he really didn't look um, didn't look out of out of sorts there. He had very high clearances from, you know, centre bounce in particular, which is an area that we're looking to strengthen. Um, and, and we think that Paddy Dow is a, a player that can really thrive under Ross and in our system. So the best of Paddy Dow is in your best 18, in essence? Uh, he's pretty close. Yeah, he's pretty close to being in our best 22, I, I would think. Jake Gresham, where is he at? Nominated Essendon? Yeah, look, the, the ball really is, is it in Essendon's court there to, um, you know, to, to lodge an offer for Jade. Um, and, you know, he, his management is working with Essendon to, to get that going. And then, you know, once that's done, we, we need to decide whether, whether we're going to match that offer or, um, and, you know, potentially facilitate a trade there. And what, so what kind of compensation would you get or would be a trade, would it? Well, if we, if we decided to match, um, yep. there'd, there'd be a trade. But depending on the, the offer that Essendon made, uh, that would obviously um, drive that compensation for us. So we're, mm. you know, we're hoping for as, as good a compensation pick as we can there. So, but that's totally dependent on the offer that Essendon make. Yeah, what, what kind of compensation do you think you might end up with then? Well, Jade, you know, Jade's a you know, very high-level player. He kicked 20 goals for us this year. Um, you know, he's been a really established player at St Kilda, and we're hoping to, to get you know, an end-of-first-round pick. Uh, that's what we'd be after there. Mm. But you are a chance to match it? That's part of your plan if you have to? Well, yeah, if the compensation that you know, we, we get offered isn't what we'd like, then we'd, you know, we'd uh, decide whether we wanted to match it there. Jade has a great relationship with Ross, so you know, if, if we had to, we, we'd be very happy to keep Jade at St Kilda if, um, mm. you know, if that's the way it starts to, starts to look. Dave Misson with us, St Kilda Acting General Manager of Football. Thanks to Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. So Nick Caulfield, he also wants to go to the Dogs, I understand. Uh, yes, yep. Nick Nick said that he's interested in um, in exploring that option. Yep. What do you expect you'll get for Nick if he goes? Yeah, look again. You know that's in the hand of the hands of the Western Bulldogs. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, again, you know we you know, Nick's a, uh, came fifth in our best and fairest a couple of years ago. He's a top ten draft pick. Yep, he's had a. Um, a couple of injury problems, but, you know, the back end of the year, he was injury-free and played some really good VFL footy. Um, and when we watched him at VFL level, we, we saw definite AFL attributes there with Nick. And, yeah, so the Western Bulldogs, would, you know, have to sort of satisfy uh, what, what we'd, we'd, we'd be after for Nick. Again, he'd be someone who'd be, who we'd be really happy to, to keep at Moorabbin if we, if we were forced into that situation. And off-field, you, do you look like being the full-time GM of football? Is that what is happening next, but hasn't been ticked off on? Uh, we're just going, we're just sort of finalising a process there, Dwayne. So uh, I think the club is, is looking to make an announcement in, in the next week or so, hopefully. But yeah, still, still finalising that process. But, you know, it's been a really enjoyable year with the new crew down there.
And can I play you, Rob McCartney from Hawthorne, who's looking after their recruiting at the moment, he said this earlier today about depth of talent. He believes that it does thin out. Well, we did hear that it thins out a bit beyond pick 10, 11, but he shortened it even further than that. He thinks pick five or six. Here's Rob McCartney, and I, I wouldn't mind your response to this. Here's Rob McCartney. Yeah, it's definitely one that comes down to in that, that early phase. It's around picking best talent. Um, and there's we're really comfortable that you know there's there's five or six really highly talented players at the top end and then there's another step to the next group and you know whether it's a, a small forward or a tall you know key defender key back uh, sorry key defender key forward or whether it's a midfielder we think that um, high-end talent is something that we definitely want to get into our group and it doesn't really matter what position that is as you get a little bit deeper into the draft you probably start to make decisions around you know your list needs and your depth charts in terms of forwards mids and backs so, Dave, where are you at? Is, is there five or six high-end stars and then it becomes fairly even from seven to, you know, 27? Uh, it's, it's probably correct. You know, there, there, are, yeah, there are a handful of really good ones at the beginning there. And, and then, you know, you might have a cutoff around sort of 35, 40. Um, but look, you know, Graham Allen and our recruiting staff have made a really consistent and I think good point in our list management meetings, that this is still a group that's COVID-affected. You know, this is a group mm. of draftees that sort of missed out on nearly two years of footy. Um, so, you know, there's probably some latent talent there that may not have even shown this year, um, you know, during their uh, during their junior games. And, yeah, it's up to, a you know, a good recruiting team to try and, you know, have a look there and see whether there's some talent that they can unearth at, you know, picks, I don't know, you know, eight through to 35 in essence, there might be some gold around that 30 area if you if you guys have got a good eye. Yeah, I think that's I think so. That's that's the sort of summary that we're getting, and we we certainly you know we had the combine on the weekend, and you know interviewed a lot of players, and you know, our guys are watching a lot of footage now, and we certainly think that you know there's still a bit of talent there, at least up to you know a second round pick. And what do you think you need to add? What's the the part of the field that you need to add to? given that, I mean, scoring's one thing, defending's another thing, and clearances are so big these days as well. What do you think you need to add? Yeah, look, I think Ross has sort of been on record to say that we, we probably need a, a little bit of spark through the midfield, a little spe- bit of speed through the midfield. You know, Jack Steele, Brad Crouch, Seb Ross, and, and Hunter, fantastic players who, who get a lot of the footy. Um, we, you know, and that's why we brought Paddy on board, is to just give us that little bit of spark to get out of spot stoppages and, and link up with our outside players. So we're probably looking at, at a little bit of that through the draft, if possible, as well. And Liam Henry obviously adds to that. That's exactly what he is, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's played a lot of wing this year and sort of high half forward, which um, is where you know we, we have him slotted into our mm. team, potentially. And I understand you've been talking to Andrew Dillon um, now that he's been handed the keys. Are you talking to him and Laura Kane and... What do you address when you have a chat to them? Do they talk big agenda items with you or club-specific items? It's prob- probably more letters with, with Andrew, um, you know, at that CEO level. Um, we, we've had a couple of meetings as GMs, you know, with Laura during the year who, you know, has been super impressive and, you know, been very good at sort of keeping clubs um, up to date with, you know, movements and situations at AFL level on you know how potentially the competition could be could be moving forward um, at clubland do you think we're going to get to a situation where 
will either have five on the bench or if you sub out uh, a fit player and then you get a concussion, that fit player can come back on even though he's been subbed out? I think that would be a logical thing, wouldn't it? You know, and I think that would also, um, you know, provide a little bit of safety there for even players thinking that, you know, they're going to let the team down if they, they tap out with a head knock, uh, which is still, you know, sort of the case these days. But I think if we can put something in place to make sure that, you know, any any player who, you know, potentially has a concussive episode that, you know, you're not even thinking twice about um, about replacing them and, and then not affecting the team's result would, would probably be a good step forward. Yeah, I think we're all watching that space. I think we all probably presume there's going to be some action there. Hey, Dave, great to have you. Good luck with getting that job permanently and uh, I really appreciate how expansive you've been. Thanks a lot, Dwayne. Appreciate it. Dave Misson, St Kilda Acting General Manager of Football. And you can sign on to becoming a Saint, just like Hunter Clark signed on. Call 1300-467-246 or visit saintsmembership.com.au to secure your 2024 membership today. Lost in the Watch time. What's been lost in the Watch today? Should have got to it by now for rjsanderson.com.au. RJ Sanderson and Associates are accountants and taxation specialists. Take the stress out of tax. I mentioned Rob McCartney. I played a little bit of Rob McCartney earlier on from Hawthorne. Uh, won't let this get lost in the wash. Hawthorne, are they a chance to trade up to get themselves a chance at Harley Reid? Here's Rob McCartney on that. I must admit, Kane, I probably don't get too heavily involved in that, and I haven't heard our recruiting team say. Maybe there might be another club now that might have a, a little bit better offer to put to, to West Coast than maybe what we have. Um, we've we've shown a genuine interest in in our journey to to continually look to see if we can improve our draft hand. You know, the Weddle experience last year mm. turned out to be a really good one for us. Um, so whether it's turning pick three into into one or or other opportunities, we'll um, we'll definitely explore. But you know, I think maybe so some some other clubs may have greater asset to put towards that. So maybe other clubs have got a better asset to try and grab themselves, pick one to get Harley Reid. The other piece that I thought I'd pick out for Rob McCartney was when I hear deck chairs being rearranged, I think Titanic. Um, I'd rather a better analogy than this, but uh, here's Rob McCartney explaining that they are looking for a replacement for Chris Newman. We've got a we've got a pretty talented list of coaches that we can sort of manoeuvre a few of the, the deck chairs possibly around the assistant coaching uh, stocks. So we might look within possibly mm. for, for something there and and then we might add um, more or less to our development stocks. I think in terms of we're a young group, I think we should invest in, in the area that um, is our greatest need and that's producing talent that's on our list at the moment. Rob McCartney from the Hawks, who was impressive earlier today with Kane Corns on SEN. Mark on the Limestone Coast on the line wants to... Re- have a little response to Dave Misson talking about the Saints. Welcome back to you, Mark. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, that was a really good chat. I like the sound of Dave. He sounds like a good bloke. Mate, um, a couple of points. Uh, there was a, a, a midfielder called Lenny Hayes. He was, wasn't a bad player. He was okay. After 71 games, he averaged 15.9 disposals per game. Uh, there's a young bloke, Paddy Dow. After around about 73 games, he's averaging just over 14. So there's a fair sort of comparison of two players at around about the 70-game mark. So 
I've got high hopes for Pat, Paddy Dow. And secondly, Jack Billings, I don't want him to go, but if he has to go, what's he worth? I note that Richmond have got, let me have a look here, pick 20, uh, pick 28. Yeah. And they've uh, they've lost guys like Castagna, Cochin, Rewalt, Tarrant. They've lost a lot of guy uh, experience. Billings is a 150-game player. He'd be sitting pretty well on the half-forward flank at Richmond, don't you think? Uh, yeah, he would. It just depends on you know where you can get the best out of a player, what environment gets the best out of a player. And maybe that's the essence of where we're at right now. Sometimes there's... A change is as good as a holiday. Paddy Down might need the change to St Kilda just, and just explode, Mark. We have had a few players do that over time. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like Lenny Hayes, he didn't really come on until yeah. probably fifth or, fifth or sixth year of his uh, of his career. And that's where uh, Paddy Dow is now. And under Ross Lyon, I think Ross Lyon and Lenny Hayes as a coach at the club, I can see a few comparisons with a young Paddy Dow. Yeah, I think there's a number of players, though, that are in that realm. Uh, Billings, Gresham, there's a number of players. I think changing clubs is going to be a big thing for them. It uh, allows them to reinvent themselves, have a new coach, find out a new system, a system that might suit them better, um, maybe have a different fitness guy to work with, a different pre-season program to work on, come back a completely differently made player. So there's all those things that are part of a player's makeup. And changing clubs, I think, is something that I do encourage for a lot of the freedom that we've got now in footy is a lot better than what it once was. Still to come, Mitch Creek, captain of South East Melbourne Phoenix. We'll talk some NBL with Mitch Creek in about 10 minutes' time, so we won't let that get lost in the wash. Big game coming up for South East Melbourne Phoenix Saturday night. This Saturday night, John Kane Arena. Up against the Jack Jumpers who are flying at the moment. So I won't let that get lost in the wash for rjsanderson.com.au. Take the stress out of tax. Adrian Dodoro, recruiting boss at Essendon, also on Trade Radio a few moments ago. So I'll play you a little bit of Adrian Dodoro in a few minutes. But Amber Clark's been good enough to join us. Round 6 AFLW rising star from the Bombers. From a cafe coffee catch-up, wake up to a winning brekkie with the Monopoly game at Maccas, ends 24th of the 10th. Amber, congratulations on your nomination. Thank you so much. Saw a nice highlights package of you as well, kicking the game ceiling goal, which must have been a nice moment for you. Yeah, it was definitely nice. A real team goal, but no, it was good to get the win over John. And they had you early. I think you kicked four goals in a row after being down early, so you were on the ropes a bit. Yeah, they kicked the first two of the game, so then we knew we had to really switch on and, yeah, managed to kick away after that. So what changed for you? Um, well... We've always struggled this season with our second and third quarters. So I think going into um, quarter time, we were really trying to focus on, you know, starting strong in the second and third. Um, and that's when we were able to start kicking the goals and, yeah, just really focused on being a United team. Then. And you're relatively new into the comp compared to a lot of the teams that you're up against. And you're having a pretty good season, four and two this season. So finals are on the cards. Yeah, so last year obviously was our first season. Um, did pretty well for a first year team, but definitely taken bigger steps this year. Um, we're not an expansion team anymore, you know, we're one of the other teams, so striving for finals now, but you just got to focus on the last few games of the season first. And you've been a gun right through your career. How long have you been playing footy? I think you were best on ground in 
a grand final loss as a, what, under 17, under 18, and best player in the NAB League girls as well? Yeah, so I started playing when I was um, eight years old. And yeah, I was in the NAB League grand final last year. I was best on ground and losing grand final, which was, you know, tough to lose the grand final, but was pretty happy to get best on still. So you've always had your eyes set on on a footy career, even though early days for you, you didn't know whether you were going to be able to play professionally or not? Um, well, I also did athletics since I started that when I was five. So I was doing that um, up until two or so years ago. Um, so it was always those sort of two sports that I had my future sort of set on. Um, and then obviously I had to give up on the sports and athletics is the one I gave up. So pursued footy and... Yeah, thankfully the competition has grown so much and it is where it is now. Is that because you love the game so much? It's a bit of a contrast. I mean, for athletics, you can compete for Australia and go to an Olympic Games. Footy's just our little game here in Australia, but uh, we all love it. Yeah, well, at the time, I was doing better in footy. Um, I always had a goal to make the Olympics or make the Commonwealth Games at least once. once. Um, But yeah, at the time, I was just going better in footy, so I thought, oh, you know, I'll just pursue that and then, you know, down the track I might end up doing athletics again. Who knows? Well, footy's going to have you for a while the way you're playing, Amber, so uh, don't make too big of plans to go to the Olympics in a hurry. you got the Dreamtime Clash on Sunday, I understand? Yes, we're very keen for that one. Um, it was a really close game last year and big games for both the clubs, so we're pretty keen for that. Well, good luck in it. Indigenous round in the AFLW this week and congratulations again on your nomination. Thank you so much. Amber Clark joining us, the rising star from the Bombers for a McCafe coffee catch-up. The Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Mitch Creek not far away. Adrian Dodoro has been on trade radio on SEN. Always interesting listening. He doesn't often do interviews. He has done one. Are the Bombers interested in Xavier Dersma? Well, let's play a little bit of Adrian Dodoro on that first. I just think all these managers have got a an awareness of every player in the competition because we're always talking to each other and and play and the relationship with player um, agents is pivotal as well. So, um, look, the information did come late that uh, there was a possibility that he may want to look elsewhere and uh, we, we got in really quick. There's been a couple of clubs that were, were keen to talk to him and, look, you know, we're not putting the cart before the horse. We're not saying he's in a second player yet, but um, he does want to get to us and we'll see whether we can facilitate that. Adrian Dororo on that. So, obviously, Brandon Zerk-Thatcher, the move to Port Adelaide, is on the cards from Essendon. That goes kind of hand-in-hand with any interest in Xavier Dersma. Here's Adrian Dororo on Brandon Zerk-Thatcher and the Dersma discussion. I think, logically, um, you'd have to say that uh, they go hand-in-hand in in some respects. I think, obviously, Brandon's declared he wants to get to to Port Adelaide, uh, and we've been up front in saying that we We'd love to keep him at the Essendon Football Club. He's got a three-year deal in front of him. Um, you know, when we think he'd form a great partnership with uh, with Ben Mackay. So from that point of view, we don't want to lose him, but he does want to go home, and we respect that. Um, as a result of that, we've spoken to um, Xavier, and, you know, he, um, he'd he like to get the Essendon Football Club. But, you know, it's early days, and uh, we'll have some discussions with Port over the next couple of days, I'd imagine. And Adrian Doro was also pushed about a couple of other players on Trade Radio. He was pushed on the latest on Jade Gresham. Where's that at? Here's Adrian Dodoro on that. Oh, I think we're probably going to um, lodge documentation within the next 24 hours. So uh, that's where that one sits. So they're not 
encouraging you to trade for Jay Gresham at the moment? You'll still acquire him via uh, free agency means, you think? Oh, we haven't discussed anything with, if you're referring to St Kilda, that is. Yes. We haven't spoken to him. We're just speaking to his manager at the present time. It's more contractual stuff than anything else. We haven't spoken to St Kilda. So that was Adrian Duro in response, given that they do have a chance to match the offer. St Kilda, that one's uh, still in a little bit of flux. Adrian Duro was also asked about what Massimo D'Ambrosio is worth. Here's Adrian Duro on that. Oh, three first rounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say that because everyone will, everyone will be saying that in the media that I've said it. But no, look, we're not we're not sure with that one. I've spoken to Hawthorne a number of times. They've probably got a bit on at the moment. So it's Mark McKenzie uh, again this morning. So um, what's he worth? You know, it depends what the first offer is. But nothing's come to the table at the moment. But again, I, I need to reiterate the fact that you know we want to keep Mass at the club and. You know, we're prepared to do a fair deal, but if it's if we don't think it's a fair deal, then we, we have every intention of trying to retain him. A little bit more of Adrian Duduro. Great to hear him chat. We're deep into the trade period now. A couple of texts that have come through that I haven't got to. One, Paddy Dow is a gun. Big mistake by Carlton. That's from Tony. And another one here, Billings gets a lot of ball, but skill is an issue. I think he's got a huge upside, Jack Billings. So uh, that's a watch and see as to what kind of club he goes to and whether they can get the best out of him as well. Welcome back to Dwayne's Hood. Always great to have your calls and your texts come through. Always great to be able to talk some basketball with a little bit of royalty. And the 2023-24 NBL season is in full swing. Watch the Hungry Jacks NBL Live on ESPN. And Mitch Creek, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix captain, joins us thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of WaterSmart Instant Lawn that you can lay all year round is with a massive game coming up for South East Melbourne Phoenix Saturday night. Home game, Rod Laver Arena. You can catch it. John Kane Arena, I should say. Uh, they'll be at Rod Laver Arena in a few weeks' time, no doubt, when they take on Melbourne United and we have to get a bigger venue because they keep selling it out. Mitch Creek joins me. Welcome to you, Mitch. Great to have you on. Dwayne, great to hear you, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? You're close and yet so far the last couple of games. I obviously have been watching you closely and... You know, he went down to Illawarra 113 to 106. Uh, no Tyler Cook in that. His eye injury from the previous game where you kind of had cans where you wanted them. Down by as much as 16. Got within four or five in that last quarter and couldn't quite get the job done. You're not far away. Yeah, look, we're really close at the moment. It's been hard, obviously, trying to transition with an injured group. Um, obviously, Tyler's eye injury early in the Cairns game. Put this out another centre. Obviously, you know, having no Alan Williams, no Gorjak Gak. Uh, myself and, and Reese Vague are playing the five. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've seen us next to a Wardenberg or Menenga, but we're not exactly uh, very tall compared to those guys. And they're obviously very strong and talented. Same with Illawarra. I felt like we controlled the game for parts, but it's the, the second effort, the offensive rebounding. Um, some of the straight line drives, like we were defending really poorly at the moment. Um, we are close, but we're also a long way away in terms of how we want to represent ourselves defensively. And that starts with me. I've got to be much better definitely guarding my yard and, and containing guys and setting an example of how we need to play on both ends of the court. So they need you to score, but they also need you to defend, Mitch. And I know that, well, Will Cummins put up 28 and uh, I think, um, yeah, 22 from Brown as well. So you've had a couple of guys lend a hand, even though Tyler Cook wasn't there for the Illawarra game. So um, it's, a, it's a strange mix because at times, as a watcher, I'm hoping that you're fresh enough to be able to hit that long-range bomb or drive to the basket as opposed to using all your energy on the defensive side? Yeah, look, it's, it's definitely a, a, 
Like, it, it, you've definitely got to play both sides for sure. Like, anyone who thinks you're just going to go out and score a whole bunch of points is uh, is silly. Uh, for me, I, I try and do take a lot of pride in my defense. Um, you know, carrying some niggles early in the season, I haven't really been moving both ways and, and laterally very well. Um, I'm feeling a lot better this week with a little bit of rest. Obviously, a week between games helps rather than just kind of 48 hours. So, definitely need to play both sides of the ball a lot better. Uh, offensively, we're still trying to find our click. But we're scoring enough points. That's not our issue. It's all about the defensive end for us. And, you know, for me especially, I have to set that tone as a captain, as a leader, as a player with pride. I have to come out and get stops. I have to stay in front of the ball. I have to showcase that this is how we set the tone and this is how I lead by example. So no words are necessary. It's all about action. And for me, that's the biggest thing I'm trying to take forward at the moment. So take the Cairns game, for example. You had eight rebounds and I think you shot at 55%. So your shooting's been okay, but... Up against you, you had, well, Wardenberg, you mentioned, he had 14 rebounds. Clintman had, what, 15 points and 11 rebounds. You just didn't look like you're big enough to pull the rebounds down. How do you fight that coming up against Tassie this Saturday night? Yeah, look, it's definitely something where we hope to have Tyler Cook back in the mix. Um, Alan Williams is very close as well. Same with Gorjak. So we're going to have some returning soldiers pretty soon. Those boys are back into the five-on-five and competing, which is fantastic. Here in Source, run up and down, talk shit, set screens. It's always an absolute pleasure. Um, we had a really good hit out yesterday, but look, we're focusing on ourselves. Defensively, we have to be much better. That's it for us. It's plain and simple. We're not looking too far ahead. We are obviously assessing their offenses, their defenses, how we can attack some of the weaknesses, but they play a hard brand of basketball. They're very talented. Milton Doyle's playing an exceptional brand of MVP caliber basketball early on in this season, but it's all the guys that play hard that rebound, your Will Magnes, your Chris Levitch, your McVeighs, your Bairstows. These are the guys that get the O-board, get a little tip in, draw a foul, swing momentum back in the direction of a Milton Doyle, Jordan Crawford. And then it becomes very hard to stop those kind of teams. So if we control the 50-50 balls, we lock down defensively and we try and limit the touches from some of those guys who play really hard and can rebound the ball well, I think we're going to put ourselves in a great position to play some really good basketball. And Tassie don't mind John Kane Arena either. They what they came from sixteen down to win by five against a pretty talented Melbourne United last week. Yeah, they're, they're extremely talented. They they have a never say die attitude. Um, I don't think it was you know just Melbourne or just Tassie. I think it was a little bit of both. And you know you saw Milton Doyle have fourteen points in the last quarter to to to, to bring them back from a sixteen point deficit almost. So you know someone like him, you have to be exceptionally. Um, tight and, and, and very focused on, but you can't be too focused where you give easy ones to other guys because the talent that they have is, is so far spread and so deep that, you know, you focus on one guy too much and three or four others hurt you. So we're looking to kind of try and lock down and, and, and make sure defensively we're just trying to help each other a little bit more because at the moment we're kind of doing it a bit more one out. We're not doing a great job in those one out situations and then we're also not really helping each other as good as we can be. So for us, We've got to stay together. We've got to stay disciplined. And we're going to put ourselves in a really good position. And so it's on Saturday night. For those people who want tickets, tickets selling fast. Uh, start at just $30 for adults. So head to southeastmelbournephoenix.com.au and secure your spot in Saturday night's uh, action-packed fire pit. You watch, you no doubt watch Tasmania tomorrow night against Illawarra and check them out there. Do you do that as a team or you just do it individually? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually commentating the game, so I'll get oh, a nice. close look at them, which will be nice. A little bit of free scouting, thanks to Jam TV and the NBL broadcast team. So 
I'll be keeping a very close eye on him. It's going to be kind of nice having a little bit of rest this week. Um, but yeah, we're excited to see obviously how Illawarra go. We're you know we're sure they're going to have a, a much better season. They already are compared to last year. Um, Justin Robinson, some of their guys, you know, we're excited to watch them play. But obviously, we keep a very very close eye on Tassie and what they're doing as well. Hey, uh, before I let you go, Mitch, the Boomers. Who picks the squad for the Boomers? Um, I don't know. That is not a me question. That is definitely uh, above my pay grade. <laughs> I was just curious to see if there's a group of people that pick it or how they pick the squad. I can't believe that you haven't been part of it in recent time. Um, I was just curious to know if you know the process, at least. Uh, look, there's a panel of people who select that. Um, it's not for, for me to get into too much. I, As I said the other week on the Getting Saucy podcast, I always put my hand up. I'm always ready, willing and able and always say that I'm, you know, happy to go to any camp, try out, you know, whether you need me to get on a flight and fly to um, Guam right now or swim myself across the ocean, I'll, I'll do that to be a part of a training camp and, and have an opportunity. But for me, it's about my teammates right now, focusing on that. And, you know, if, it, if, it, if I ever get the chance to, to train or represent my country ever again, then I will be the very first person to, to jump at that opportunity. Um, certainly something I've never taken my hat out of the ring for, though. Uh, it's just, you know, not gone my way, and um, the powers that be have decided otherwise. So, yeah, I just keep doing myself and being proud of who I am, mate, and, you know, speaking to great people like yourself, Dwayne, and, and hopefully making a good change for, for everyone around listening. Yeah, it's interesting. Different sports do it different ways. The Australian cricket team, if you don't get selected, they tell you why and uh, what you have to work on. Do you get told that at all? Um, no, not really. I mean... There's some conversations that have been had in the past. Um, you know, those those conversations are, are for me only. But I, I look, I, at the end of the day, if you think that I can help any team, you know, that we re- we have represent Australia out, whether it's a, a local tournament, whether it's an Asia Cup, a Commonwealth Games, a World Cup or an Olympic Games, if, if enough people think that I would help out, then, you know, maybe I will. I believe that I can and I believe that, you know, I can and definitely make a push to... To, to maybe some, some opportunities uh, for that team to make things a little bit easier on both ends of the court. But that's not for me to say, mate. Everyone's confident in their own abilities and, and I'm just a long line of people that believe that um, about myself and as others believe about themselves. So, look, if, if one person out there thinks the same as me, cool. If not, then that's okay. Um, I believe I can help and, and hopefully I get the chance to showcase that one day again, mate. Yeah, let's hope you do in the run-up to selection for Paris for the Olympic Games. Hey, Mitch, I'll see you there Saturday night. I can't wait, and I'll be watching you tomorrow night in the commentary. Thanks a lot for joining me. You're a legend, Dwayne. Have a good one, mate. Mitch Creek joining us, South East Melbourne Phoenix captain. Thanks to Coolabar Turf, Victoria's premier supplier of instant lawn, and I can't wait to get there Saturday night. You can see Mitch Creek, uh, hopefully Tyler Cook, and the whole squad in action. Fire pit, John Kane Arena, Jack Jumpers, who are essentially one of the favourites to win the whole thing this season. Uh, it's sort of strange for some people to think that Tassie is the number one team to beat right now, and probably the Kings are, but Jack Jumpers are flying. So if you want to see a team in full flight, they came from 16 down to beat Melbourne United by five at John Kane Arena a week ago. So tickets selling fast, $30 for adults. Head to southeastmelbournephoenix.com.au and secure your spot. I'll catch you there. Thanks to all of you called that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia today. Back for Midday Matters tomorrow. So put that number in your phone, one 736 736 That's the number brought to us for Midday Matters by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year. 
Werribee Kia makes buying cars easy. And it's true, if you drop down and see Janan or David or Joey or any of the team, David, they'd love to see you down there at Werribee Kia. They're all in the house this afternoon. So drop down, say hello, tell them we sent you. They've got a huge amount of new and used car stock ready to go at Werribee Kia. So please say hello if you're looking for a new car. 40 Winks, temper text, 0433981116. We'll take plenty of your text again uh, on this program tomorrow. Looking forward to your text tomorrow. So can't wait to be part of the program with you tomorrow, given that the trade will ramp up tomorrow, we expect. Beaumont Tiles are giving away a trip to two to American footies. Biggest game worth over $70,000 to shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance to win. Terms and conditions apply, so check out that competition if you want to be a chance to win. And time to celebrate some lives thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Happy birthday to former Australian test star and friend of the program, Ryan Harris, who turns 44 today. And happy birthday to Carlton defender Mitch McGovern as well. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. And a quick reminder at SEM, we love our dogs. For your chance to win a family pass to the Dog Lovers Festival, check out our furry friends on 1116 SEN's Instagram story. Please join me tomorrow for Midday Matters. You can check it all out on the podcast. The whole show's there. If you want to check out the show and you just missed it. But Andy and Gaze, you're up next and plenty of trade radio as well to come your way. So keep in love with the SEN family and we'll bring you the whole trade period. We're loving it. Catch you tomorrow at midday.